Greetings and well met, ladies and gentlemen. My name is Harrison Hunt, and welcome to the 2022 annual 3T RPG Awards. It's great to be here tonight in the London Palladium. Not only a great venue, but tonight we're sharing it with such illustrious guests as Kanye West, John Fashionu, and Tom Hanks. Before I invite my co-hosts on and start handing out awards for great and terrible achievements in RPGs this year, to play us in with an exclusive new song, it's superstar DJ David Guetta. and uh, welcome to the discussion lounge in this luxurious room i'm joined by james clark what's up my guys and sean hunt how do you do the three of us will be discussing the various awards throughout this star-studded night but before we give it first before we give out the first award let's talk about the format of the show so our awards shows right they're not they're not good no, they're, they're not necessarily for things that have come out this year, but uh, they, they can be. Um, and they also, uh, it's just for things we've experienced this year. Now, the way it works is that you get we each get a nomination uh, each uh, in each category. And if something gets nominated more than once, it automatically wins. Otherwise, we've decided the winner. And we're nominating the best and worst of the oh, year. Yeah. So there's going to be some shiters, there's going to be some good ones. There's going to be some bizarre nominations that Sean did as well, isn't it? Um, yeah, like yeah. All, all surrounding conspiracy theories. I mean, it depends on your uh, Best conspiracy theory award goes to Sean. 9-11. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, well, let's give out the first award. I've just got to get back to the stage. <laughs> and the award for... And the first award in this ceremony of fun... Uh, best company and the nominations are Loki Battle Mats, Loki Battle Mats, and Loki Battle Mats. And the winner is Loki Battle Mats. Yeah, so a bit of a weird, weird one to win best company this year. But the thing is, Loki Battle Mats they make big books of ring-bound, fold-flat battle maps and maps. Yes. Uh, and uh, various yeah, sizes. Essentially, you know, where Pathfinder and Paizo and D and D and the the fat cats at Pinnacle are charging, um, you know, f- uh, ten quid for a two-sided map. These guys they're charging slightly more, but they, you get a like whole si- a whole book, sixty mats. You can use each half uh, on, on its own, or you can like, fold it out to make a bigger map. So that's yeah. pretty cool, isn't it? And some of the books are like A3, A4. I think the reason they've won Best Company is because they're charging a reasonable amount that really should have been charged all along. For well, this and also, type of thing. the use of them this year for us has been obscene. It's almost every single session we've had. And we met them as well, and they're quite nice. Mm. Uh, but yeah, more more companies need to start charging reasonable prices for their shit, basically. Well done, Loki Battle Mats. Uh, 
uh, Sean basically is putting your kids through college at this point. Yeah, basically, yeah. Um, so if you, uh, you know, if you want to shout me out on the, in the in the books, they, you know. they'll make their next one will be called Sean Hunt Presents yes. Fantasy Battle Maps Volume Four. All right, well that is it for uh, Best Company. Let's go on to the next award, and the next award is for Worst Company, and the uh, nominations are Stiff Whiskers Press. We, uh, sorry, <laughs> Stiff Whiskers Press, Wizards of the Coast, and Wizards of the Bloody Old Coast. So the winner is Wizards of the Coast. Oh, yes. Well, yeah, so, so Wizards of the Coast, D&D 1 is coming out, uh, otherwise known as 6th edition, otherwise known as D&D Series S. And um, Why are they trying to give shit fancy names? Let's just try and make it seem like... Well, I think they changed it to D and D one because you only did one. It's the, it's the one. There's yeah, never going to be another edition. But it's number six. Uh, yeah. Well, then, I mean that 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 confuses matters. But they're trying to make a massive, massive shift towards online gaming um, by releasing really cool 3D platforms. That's why they fucking uh, bought off a of fandom the D and D Beyond that. Exactly, and and um, they're going to start charging microtransactions. And instead of being like microtransactions when they first started out, where it really was you're spending twenty p on this in-game hat, uh, it's going to be it's you know what it's going to be. It's going to be like six quid to create your character and get a three D model of it in the game and shit like this. So yeah, I mean they're just they're making a big big push towards something that I don't like, and they're mm. really really they're going to monetize the shit out of it because they've realised we can't make money off of books anymore because everyone's got D and D. but the thing is, I don't think you should ever try and sort of digitize D and D because there's already platforms that do it really well with the tabletop simulators. So just leave them to that. And then do you do your shit? Do you know yeah, what I mean? If yeah. you keep it analog, keep it, um, you know, all book bound, then I'd, you'd still get a lot of punters coming and buying the products. I mean, I do get, I do get that. There's a lot of people out there who play online, right? Yeah. But it's a game about imagination, right? And Roll Twenty before they started partnering with these idiots, uh, it really was fine. Do you know what I mean? And yeah. it's like, but now, yeah. So they they're gonna they're shifting towards microtransactions. They're gonna rinse you for every penny. Oh, hang on a minute. Do you want your character in the game? That would be six pounds, please. Do you want that special staff for your character? That's another pound. Do you want to have purple dye for your clothes? Fuck off. What about uh, the character creation as well? Uh, it's kind of pointless now because uh, you can now just create any character you want within the race, which sort of defeats the point oh yeah they're, they're getting rid of races as well so yeah anyway good i mean a good good award really uh, uh, um but not only that i mean wizards of the coast had something to do with the D film and also like we don't know if that's good or not yet uh but what about dicelings they suck yeah we'll save that for later though mate um, so yeah, worst company for pushing uh, the industry in a shit direction towards microtransactions and re- really uh, going more and more towards that critical role fandom rather than D&D as critical it exists. They do. Uh, and the next award is for best product. The nominees are Caves of Cud by Freehold Games LLC, Pathfinder for Savage Worlds Ultimate Box Set by Pinnacle Entertainment and Paizo, or and Pathfinder for Savage Worlds Ultimate Box set by Pinnacle Entertainment in Compaiso. And the winner is James. Pathfinder for Savage Worlds Ultimate Box set 
by Pinnacle Entertainment Inc. and Paizo. Yeah! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but to be fair, best product, like, it is fucking great. I know, like, we're sort of, like, Fan, like fangirls. Massive fangirling over um, Pathfinder again, but it's uh, it, it's brought the love back. That box set is well, it's beautiful. In it. You've got everything you need, and they really. Um, it's a good size as well. You expect it to be a chunky bitch. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's that's a very good point. But yeah, they really went all out in making those books look amazing. They've got a really beautiful GM screen, um, and really massively playable. They, they, it's just like you say, it's brought Pathfinder back to a point where it's going to get played at tables more. And it's really playable within the Savage Worlds thing. And as a product, I mean, it feels as if, like, it's one of those you, you could use for years and years and years. Yeah. Which is, like, not I, not to be a dick, but, like, it's not really the same that I would sort of associate with Pinnacle's other products. Like, they're good, but they occupy a very specific niche. Yeah. You, I mean, a lot of the other ones are just like, well, you can sort of... It's, it's cool if you're... It's like, I can play them again at some point, yeah. you know. And but cool Pathfinder, cool do it, but. Savage Pathfinder could be your game, and that's it. Yeah. And you'd be fine with that. To be honest, like I can't wait to see what you, what characters you guys come up with next. Like even within the classes, you could do something completely different. You know. So. Yeah, yeah, and it makes those classes much more malleable than they were originally in Pathfinder. And yeah, it is it is a fantastic, amazing product. If you want to get back into Pathfinder without the guff, this is the one for you. And with this box set, they've really. You've got everything you need for years and years of gaming right yeah. there in that one thing. You don't need anything else but the box set and to if you do a campaign. If you haven't got any imagination, you can uh, just use the companion that comes with it. It's got so much... So yeah, even if you're a brain-dead idiot, um, it's it's for, this is for you, isn't it? I think, um, <laughs> if you haven't got any imagination. I think one of the best things they've done as well is put the Savage Worlds rules in there. So it's like, right, you you don't even need anything That's else. That's a very good point, yeah. yeah. Don't even uh, don't even need Savage Worlds to play this Savage Worlds thing. Yeah. Perfect. Well, that's, a, that's a, um, always a, a big triumph because most of the Savage Worlds products that come out, and it always is something that says, oh, you'll need the, um, you'll yeah. need the core rule book. Yep. I miss the days when they used to, because they used to do that with Solomon Kane as well, and like loads of other things. But yeah, this is this is, it's the best version of D and D available, and it's not rules wise, it's not even closely resembling it. So there you go. Mm. Next award, the next award is for worst product, and the nominees are Mannerism RPG by Guy McDonald and Laura McDonald. I'll do that again. Mannerism RPG by Laura and Guy McDonald. D&D Beyond from Fandom slash Wizards of the Coast and Dicelings by Hasbro. And the winner is Dicelings by Hasbro. Well, they are pretty shit. I know we commented about them in our previous episode, but basically the dice, they're like large dice. The large dice. Right. they're, They're large... Right, and they're large dice, right? Yeah. And then they're like transformers. No, but where, but hang on a minute. Do they when you so they they're large dice? Yeah. And the dice itself, when it's large, looks looks quite nice. So nice large dice, nice. So what it is <laughs> is that <laughs> so so like do you want an oversized D twenty? 
What's the answer to this? I've already got one. Right, but do you, will you want another one? Yeah, yeah, you would just, just one. But just it, does it? <laughs> Does it unfold into a creature that looks barely like the thing it's trying to resemble? That's the trouble, Sean. You may have a large D20, but you don't have this large <laughs> D20, so... Yeah, some sort of weird chimera bloody owlbear. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, yeah, basically, these are large dice, right? <laughs> and, um, they, uh, they, they, uh, they unfold Transformers style into D&D monsters. Uh, it's a toy, and the way that they unfold, because they've had to fold into a D20, they look utterly ridiculous. They barely look anything like the monster they're trying to be. So, yeah, if the you only want... ones that look okay are the dragons, because of how they... Stretch out. I'll tell the beholder because it's actually. No, you're an idiot. Like... You said this before. It doesn't even look like a beholder. No, no it looks... hasn't got enough no, eyes. No, it's shit, right? It's shit. No, I no, agree. You just said it looks good. No, no, I don't. I, I say it's the best. It's the best of a bad bunch because it's that shape anyway, sort of. Nah. No, it, the dragons but that, that, are the best of the You would think bunch. that. You would think uh, that though, wouldn't you? But the <laughs> thing is, when it unfolds, it looks like. Because it's still got the back of like the solid panels of the D20. Yeah. It looks like a beholder sitting in half an egg. <laughs> sort of waiting. Just be like, hey guys, I'll be out in a minute. Just hatching right now. Oh, uh, yeah, but, if you, but let's be fair. If you do like cheap crap, um, the, then these dicelings really are for you. Yeah, well, by cheap it means they're quite expensive. Expensive crap <laughs> um, that should be cheap crap. <laughs> So yeah, the next award is for best setting, and the nominees are Root, the role-playing game by Magpie Games, Galarian for uh, the world in which Pathfinder Savage Pathfinder is set by Paizo, and Alien in the Alien role-playing game by Free League Publishing. And the winner is Alien. Oh yeah. Woo, woo, woo. Yeah, I mean, what can you say? Nothing really. So, um, next well, one. most people have seen Alien, and it's uh, pretty much the exact. What do you mean, seen Alien? What? What do you uh, mean? Have you seen? Alien? Is it a film? Did they do a film based on this game? Yeah. That's got wow. The game came out first. Yeah, and then they based the film on it. Yeah. Apparently, it was a bloke called Wiggly Scott comes. that did it. No, it was is he a one, worm? He's the one who made chewing gum. It's Wrigley's. Wrigley's Scott. <laughs> Sorry. This is fucking stupid. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, it, it, as, as James said, everyone's seen Alien. Uh, everyone likes films. They're fucking awesome. Even the shit ones are quite good. Uh, with the exception of Prometheus, which oh, sure yeah. wasn't entertaining in any way. I was really uh, sad. Uh, and the game Alien Isolation. And this captures the feeling of all of those. Uh, but um, we played a game which sort of very closely resembled the first one. And it was so atmospheric. Uh, the system was really, uh, really lent to that sort of survivally, sort of horror-y type thing. Uh, it's the same as uh, Tales from the Loop. The system. It is, yeah, with a few, with a few, but we're not talking about the system. Uh, we're talking about the setting. No, 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 but like it sort of lends to the setting. It does, yeah, that's true. And um, yeah, I mean, look, everybody's been in a position where they, where somebody tried to start up a campaign and then it's ended after like one session or mm. two sessions, right? And usually you just you just go ah, whatever, move on. You know we tried, but with this one we played two sessions of it. And it was so good that we haven't stopped bloody going on about it for 
like a year. Um, and uh, yeah, the setting is really, really well realised in that you've got the um, campaign play where you know you're free form, go anywhere, do what you want, and the setting is like very, very well filled out in 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 that respect. But then you've also got the cinematic play where you can play an adventure for four sessions, and uh, it's got all of these really cool tools in there to add to the setting. And I feel like they've really lent on the corporate greed aspect of the alien series of films in this <laughs> yeah. and uh, it's it's fucking awesome it really really is yeah if you like the films uh, uh just pick pick the book up because it even has just a little setting companion to read it's really fucking good so yeah i mean they've done the they've done the films justice we can't really say much more than that but yeah it's good it's very good well done. yeah well done uh free league and the next award is for worst setting and the nominees are Journey Through the Radiant Citadel by Wizards of the Coast, Dwarves Against the Apocalypse by Mannerism RP for Mannerism RPG, and the Monty Python Medieval Reenactment Program RPG. And the award for worst setting goes to Dwarves Against the Apocalypse by Mannerism by Guy McDonald for Mannerism. It's, it's Mannerism. Yeah. Um. So, imagine, picture the scene, Sean. Right? There's these magic books. They're so bad that they have to be sealed away in a vault forever. But for some reason, you send people down there to clean it. And there's a kitchen in there for some reason. Uh, so the so many people have access to these books, right? <laughs> that, it is, uh, that it is just ridiculous. Instead of sealing them away, they have people building shelves down there they've got fucking there's a kitchen there's a there's a blacksmith for some reason in a, a bloody active library there's a wheel of cheese what is there oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> um and uh yeah so it's one of the stupidest stupidest settings uh ever well, i think it is because like it's it's two games at once and it doesn't work mm -hmm. because you have the up, up players up top and the players down below well and, that was more that adventure but the actual yeah. um yeah, the setting is abs absolutely nonsensical. Um, because surely someone, even one of the chefs, would have accidentally looked at a book or something like that. Well, that's that's the trouble. Yeah. So essentially, the way the the um, the setting is is that there was a yeah. There's these wizards that are like really super powerful, and we're going to start a war, right? And they basically they were so stupid these wizards that they were constantly battling, doing wizard battles with each other, and destroying cities and uh, upon cities. So, uh, the uh, they, they everyone collectively decided that all these books need to be sealed in a vault underground. Now there are people, librarians, that curate this. There are people down there that are in charge of building new shelves, which means new books are even getting produced, which is ridiculous. Um, and uh, essentially, there's also these yeah, there's people that are mining out the uh, the new shelves, like new areas for shelves. Meaning that the books are, yeah, like like I said, it's, 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 like Strawn said, it's like there's people that have got access to them that really shouldn't have, right? Well, they've got to transport them to get them on the shelf, so who, someone's going to read them by accident. So, uh, yeah, and the people, but like, so nobody ever in the history of the setting has been just building a shelf, take a quick look over the shoulder, and then they just get, you know, the nuke spell or the Armageddon spell and open it and just go, oh, it seems good, reads it aloud, boom, everyone's dead. So instead of sealing it away, they basically gave access to everyone and their dog. It's yeah, it's an utterly, utterly stupid, nonsensical setting. Uh, really, f unbelievably stupid. Um, 
Yeah, well done. It's like so, so Just shit. fucking, so fucking stupid <laughs> that, a, 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 that a fucking idiot would write it. Um, yeah. <laughs> like, imagine, imagine... <laughs> <laughs> like imagine in real life right imagine if we seized nuclear weapons for example right yeah. from north korea and then they got they went right we're sealing this in a bunker and throwing away throwing away not throwing away the key giving a key to basically everyone in they the give town. a key to you to you <laughs> so and then and then they're like doing they just then they sent a message go don't all right guys you want to go down that's that's or... that's their security there's a sign outside that just says don't on it and if people are allowed to come in the button to launch it is right there and they're just they're just like right cleaners don't accidentally press this best of luck i'm off uh, then you've got sort of you've really got a feel for what the uh, setting of mannerism is is like fucking idiot um, right the next the next award is for best system uh, all three nominations are for Savage Pathfinder by Pinnacle Entertainment and Paizo meaning they are the winners yes Yeah, best system. Uh, I think we, we we touched on this a little bit, but uh, yeah, it's the Savage Worlds system. So uh, we won't go too in depth on what that is, but, but essentially, it's a dice chain sort of mechanic for skills and things like this. And it's a very action heavy, uh, uh, very quick to play focused type game. And when Paizo and uh, Pinnacle first said they were ma- matching up to do this, we were like, "What the fuck is this?" And then, of course. Uh, very grateful for uh, CJ, one of our listeners, sent it to us, and Sean's been running us through it. The system it uses the Savage World system in a lot of clever ways, in that it brings that feel of overpowered fantasy to uh, to the, the the Savage World system mm. by having these character classes and still having those like milestones you get to seasoned. And for example, with my monk, I've now got chi powers, and uh, when I started, I got a bonus on unarmed attacks and things like this. But then within that, what makes it so brilliant, I think, is the Savage World system really allows for a lot of customization within characters, and now you can just you can just do that. So I think it's the perfect mix of um, the Pinnacle and Paizo's minds in that regard, because as you do level up, you get the uh, Paizo standard increases, like you were saying, and then and then obviously the the pinnacle side of the customization. So you can really, really you could have two people built exactly the same at the beginning and then by the time they're seasoned, I think they're completely different. It's probably the greatest thing about it because like you say, you you've got um in Pathfinder and indeed in D and T, like a lot of characters ended up feeling the same, right? Yeah. If two people on a team picked a wizard, for example, yeah, okay, they're probably gonna pick different spells, but Roughly, they're going to feel the same, yeah. and, and, and you same goes always for... associate those two as though they're the wizards, and they're always going to be thought of as the same kind of person. But in this, let's say you could build a wizard, yeah, you're going to start off with your bonus spells at level one and things like this, but then you've got five levels between that and your next class upgrade, right? So you could take shooting if you want to be a wizard with a gun, which is the coolest thing I've ever said out loud, <laughs> and um. There's also, yeah, you could be a wizard with a gun. You could be a wizard with driving. You could um, take an edge, like, free... What is it? First strike. So whenever somebody comes past you, you get a free attack with your staff. Just your guy slinging spells around the battlefield, but somebody comes up to you, bah, you just smack him in the chin with your staff. Well, you could be like a rogue wizard, mate. That'd be sick. Yeah, you could. You could... Uh, a a ri- wizard. A wizard. A woad. A check woad. Yeah, but yeah, great system, Sean. Yeah, you you're loving it. 
Uh, I imagine. Absolutely loving it. And uh, I think uh, as well, they do a lot to make things really feel like they should. Um, like, for example, with the races called Ancestries in this, uh, you've got like five different advantages, maybe two different disadvantages that you just get right off the bat. Um, and that it really sort of like, for example, you know, halflings start with the luck edge, so you get an extra Benny. Things so, like that. just a little tip for those listening uh, make a halfling, uh, take the young major hindrance, giving you two extra bennies, take great luck uh, and luck, and you're going to start the game with carry the one eight bennies. So. Yeah. Although I did do that, and my character did die without ever Indeed. doing a single roll, and I feel like his name is Benny the Mule. I feel like Sean did that out of because he was like, "You're right, you've come in with an overpowered character. Fuck you!" And he just kills him straight away. But yeah, uh, I, I think I think if you want something that emulates the feel of Pathfinder without the guff, then you've got this, and it is is it's perfect system-wise. Uh, as a, as a GM, do you, do you enjoy it? Is it nice? Because we've only played it, obviously. 10 out of 10. I mean, I would love to play it one day, but I don't think I'm going to, am I? No, mate. <laughs> well, because you've got the books. Yeah, no, I mean, I'm like... I'm not, I'm not buying that rubbish. But, yeah, no. No, I'm joking. <laughs> great, great setting for both GM and players. Uh, great system for both GM and players alike. Yeah. Would you say... <laughs> That's like the most generic thing you could possibly say. No, I mean, yeah, it's great. It's, it's a great, it's a great family day out. Oh, uh, right, really like it. Oh, it's totally radical then. Right, right, just but no, but I'm saying, say what's good about it from a GM perspective. Uh, from a GM perspective, uh, you got like. You see three players at uh, the back of the screen. It's uh, no, it's very <laughs> no. It's, if you wanted to like maybe if you. <laughs> Sorry. No, you, no, carry on. Sorry. No, if you did, wanted to like, not write anything, not uh, you've got loads of stuff, loads of different um, like tools to to like do a quest. You can put down like five cards. It's like, oh, this guy got kidnapped. He got kidnapped here. You got to, like run through this thing. Sean is talking about. There's a because uh, uh, Savage Worlds always does this. There's a there's a quest generator in there that you've used for quite a lot of the game, haven't you? You uh, just pull five cards and it will give you like. The goal, why it's happened, the twist, this, that, and the other, right? I've used it for a couple of side quests you guys have done, innit? Nice, nice. And uh, would you say that uh, it's great for players and GMs alike? Uh, Yes. (laughs) And it's totally radical. That's right. Uh, I feel like we haven't done that good as... uh, as, uh, No, I feel like we have spoken about what makes it good, right? Yeah, no, we've spoken about it in depth really quite a lot in... Um, what you've been slaying uh, quite regularly <laughs> yeah we love it we absolutely love it I know it does feel a little bit like cheating because we are essentially just nominating the Savage World system but it's that with the Pathfinder no, it's, sort it's of its own thing I yeah, think. yeah it I, is. I think that even it's not just because it's Savage World it's, 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 it's made it better because so they, they uh, I guess a lot of the game is quite different from base Savage Worlds because you do have the class uh edges and advancements and things but you've also got um the new spells you've got the new magical items you've got yeah there's quite and actually some of the requirements for spells and things like this and how they work has changed ever so slightly to make it more in line with pathfinder so yeah Yeah. it's it's i know you you probably listen to this thinking yeah but i could just do a fantasy game with savage worlds don't get this no do get do get this don't comma 
get this. Yeah, I will say that we did. We were very elitist with the saying that um, beforehand. Just pick up Savage World and you can run anything. But nail this on has the done head. the work for you. Yeah, nail on the head with this one. It's probably it's definitely the best one. I think what this what Savage World has needed for a long time. We've had some really good low fantasy like Solomon Kane and. But then the only high fantasy we have for Savage Worlds that is like you know the the superhero type was. Um, Shintar, and as we all know, the author of that was that bloke that touched a woman. What's his name? The fuck is his name? I know who sells ice cream. Sean Patrick Fannin, that's it. Yeah, the one who sells ice cream. That reminded me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so, you know, that now we've got a proper, fully-fledged, uh, high-budget type, uh, high-fantasy for Savage Worlds, and this really nails it. And the next award is for Worst System, and the nominees are Phoenix Command by Leading Edge Games, Mannerism RPG by Laura and Guy McDonald, and Phoenix Command by Leading Edge Games. So the winner is Phoenix Command! <laughs> It's so, just because of like how long it takes to do absolutely anything. I mean, let's be honest. Like, like to an extent, mannerism is a bit worse, right? But actually, I think Phoenix Command really is the worst because it's completely unplayable, yeah. and there's no evidence out there to see that it's ever been played. Um, yeah, and we've been asking. We've we been asking. we asked some guy on the Discord said that he's had a mate that played it. Yeah, he said prove it, and he couldn't. So, liar. So fuck you, Greg. Uh, yeah, so Phoenix Command, it was a, a sort of a, a bolt-on for RPGs where you could do very, very complicated uh, tactical gunfights within games. And I know that sounds good, but um, we figured out when, we, when we, we looked at it that the rules are so complicated where you're calculating for wind, the amount of distance the bullet sags uh, as, as it fires... Uh, if it glances, uh, you have to. If it beats cover, like there's so many yeah. different things in it that that just it, it, we calculated that it takes about half an hour to do one gunshot in the game, which is ridiculous. I mean, games like Aces and Eights they break combat down into very small chunks, but actually each person's turn is very quick to roll. Hmm. It's just that what you're doing in any given turn is much smaller. It's like I turn around and get my gun out, like that. That's an action. Whereas this was like. If you want to do one gunshot and it takes half an hour, I mean, that's ridiculous, isn't it? It's like the only way that you could make it playable is if someone um, put all of the um, algorithms... All the pages in the bin. Yeah. <laughs> Just burn it. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, something else. If, somebody, yeah. if somebody put it into a computer, yeah. like, and it calculated for you, yeah, that'd be good. Um, Not even the, the playtesters have played the game as well. So no, they probably haven't. They probably haven't. No, well, not, no, actually, not even, they're still on the first page. It's like, <laughs> <laughs> well, there's like a tutorial or something that someone put out or something. I, I, well, there was a, there was a forum post right by the. the it was like, it was like actually uh, we found it. I think it was on the RPG site .net, and it was like the forum post was like. Um, actually Phoenix Command is really easy to play and then it had like 25 bullet points about how to do one shot and uh, I traced it back I back traced it right I called the cyber police and uh, we found out there was the author of the game because it was his <laughs> um, his username oh yes 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 so yeah Phoenix Command yeah it's pretty it's pretty bad I mean it's it's just a really really terrible terrible product and uh, yeah well deserved well deserved it is well deserved. I've, I, I feel like it is probably worse than mannerism, to be fair. Yeah, no, it is. It is. The next award is for best indie product, and the nominees are the Black Hack Second Edition box set by David Black, 
card-based, unbelievably minimalist tabletop game, uh, otherwise known as Cumped, by 3T RPG Publishing. And the all-rolled-up Dice Towers. The winner is Black Hack 2nd Edition Boxed Set. Well, that's really nice, because you got it at UKGE, and it was... Uh, the box set itself was... Well, it's, it's a really nice, minimalist box. We'll put it this way. Um, uh, I... Yes, you're absolutely right. I bought it because we were at UK Games Expo and we, you know, due to a bit of a fuck up, uh, we ended up missing out on a game. So I bought that thinking, well, this is really quick and easy to play. But in the box set, like, you get the rule book, but you also get a pared down version of the rules to maybe hand out to players if they want to just flip and find a specific rule or something like this. You get a pencil, you get a badge, you get a patch. But that's all irrelevant. But yeah, you get a bunch of um, pre-printed character sheets. You get tiny spell books that have all the spells in them. You get uh, a notebook for players to um, add setting details. A notebook for maps. You get basic. Oh, and the GM screen and a set of dice. So you get everything you need to play the game right there. And it's just beautiful. It's one of those that's like really minimalist, really nice. Has everything you need in one box. And it only cost me. Oh God. I think it was £40. And to put that in perspective, that you're getting an awful lot of stuff in that box. Like, every single accessory that exists for the game exists in that box. Um, but you also get, like, a bunch of uh, drop dice. So, in the book, there's, like, loads of tables mm. where you drop a dice onto Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, that's really cool. Yeah, and uh, it's a bit hard to do with opening the book because, obviously, the spine, you know, and it doesn't lay flat. So, they've printed off all of those as well. You put it inside the... Uh, lid. The lid, and then you drop a dice in it and where it lands means something. Absolutely beautiful. Um, and yeah, and to put it in perspective, uh, £40 for that box set, it, that's what I paid for Cyborg. So... That's oh. one book, and I got this entire box set for 40 quid. One of Pinnacle's box sets, oh. I mean, the de- new Deadlands ones is £50, but they're usually about 100 to 120 quid. Yep. I think the Pathfinder one is actually that uh, price, isn't it, Sean? Yeah, it is, yeah. So, yeah, uh, yeah, uh, really, really well-deserved, and it, just a great, great version of D&D as well, with a lot of cool rules, like the um, f- uh, soaking damage with your armour dies and then repairing it. Um, you've got great rules for combat. It's entirely player-facing, but still man- maintains the fa- feel of D&D. So, yeah, if you want a simplified version of D&D, this is, this is the one to go for, and this box set is absolutely beautiful. I will say this. I didn't nominate card-based, unbelievably minimalist tabletop game. Uh, why did you nominate that, James? Was it a joke, or do you actually like it? It's great. Liar! <laughs> um, no, it's not great, but please buy it. I, I think it's on sale, isn't it, at the moment? Yeah, yeah, so it's down from £4,000 to uh, 89p. So, you know, that's like sort of a sub-award within this. Uh, yeah, go and get that. Great game. <laughs> also Black Hack. It's all right, you know, but it's no, it's no cumped. <laughs> cumped. <laughs> and the next award is for Best Adventure, and the nominees are Mercy on the Day of the Eel by Goodman Games for DCC Lankmar. By the Sword for 13th Age by the whoever does 13th Age. Mercy on the Day of the Eel by Goodman Games for DCC Lankmar. And of course the winner is Mercy on the Day of the Eel. I do think maybe there's a possible little bit, maybe tiny bit of recency bias going in here. But yeah, I mean... Always is with our awards. And the winner is That Thing We Played Last Week. Um, yeah, good adventure. See you later. Uh, no, but the thing is, right? We haven't actually played that many published adventures this year. I mean, 
I would have nominated the alien one, right? Mm. But we don't know how it ends. I mean, it could be really shit after the second episode, can oh, it? Oh, wait, can I change mine to alien? Yeah, okay. Cool. Sean has officially changed his to alien, and the winner is Mercy on the Daily Eel. Actually, we should have given Alien the award. Yeah. No, it's too late now. Can't go back. We know there's no change in it. No back season. Shall we? Go, shall we change it to Alien? Yeah, let's change it to Alien. And the winner is <laughs> that adventure from Alien by Free League. <laughs> so uh, well, yeah, I mean, this is one of the greatest. <laughs> um, we've only played half of it, but it was that fucking good. Let's be honest, right? Because the thing is, the the game it comes with a bunch of these uh, bunch of stuff that where you can just wholesale port it into Roll20 and as far as online games go I don't think I've ever played one that has a good, as good as a feel uh, as this one do you know what I mean it really was absolutely spot on with all the materials you get for Roll20 and in addition to this it, the thing is the way they've done it where they've made the adventure so that you can I think it's the starter adventure from the actual book right and they've made it so that you can uh, port it into campaign play and make your own characters and play it that way or you do the cinematic play, which is what we did, where they make the adventure. So it's literally four episodes. Each character gets a secret agenda card, and uh, they've got an agenda that they want to do throughout the whole four sessions. And there's some seriously nice illustrations in between you being on the map and all of this stuff. Oh yeah, you've you got see. yeah, you've got the fucking maps of the ships. See, the uh, yeah, the adventure is fantastic, and it's all about these like corporate idiots with their secret agendas where they sort of one person hates another person one person is just got this attitude where they just want to get the job done one person doesn't give a fuck about the job and maybe your character hates them and it's like it's like th- it, it gets that feel where so essentially the adventure that we played was that um we were our ship is it's the one from the book and we're on the way to a job where we, we work for Wayland Utani and we're on the way to another planet and on the way they've now woken up us up out of hyperstasis uh, because they uh, see a derelict ship that used to belong to them and they want us to salvage as many parts as we can now of course what you do is you go on the ship and you get everything and it's fine <laughs> yeah because it is right no there's an alien oh god ah! have you seen aliens have you seen Alien? <laughs> so, um, yeah, and, and the fear mechanics for it and the cinematic play really made it one of the best adventures we played. Oh, God, I wish we could finish it. I'm going to have to buy Alien, aren't I, to finish I, it? I was going to say you should buy it. Yeah. But what's good is, like, you, like in a film, you've got the scenes of the, corpor- the corpo sort of uh, being dicks to each other beforehand, and then as the shit is going down, they start... Because there's already this underlying tension between everyone, they start start arguing, and you've got the fear mechanics, which really add to that. And so, yeah, very, very, very good adventure with a great feel that really... Yeah. Sorry, Mercy, on the day of the ill. You're a good adventure, but uh, you lose. <laughs> And the award for and the next award is for worst adventure, and the nominees are Dwarves Against the Apocalypse for Mannerism RPG, Tales of Equus in Tria, the storytelling game, <laughs> and Dwarves Against the Apocalypse for Mannerism RPG. <laughs> Gee, I mean, fucking hell! What sort of what uh, this the, this adventure? Is I mean it is fucking shit. So that's what I was saying earlier about the fact that you've got two two games going on at once and it just doesn't work. Yes, exactly. Um, as James mentioned, we really had this adventure for this terrible, terrible setting. Um, was all about. Uh, I mean, it's terrible, but it was all about these dwarves. 
there's one guy that wanted to start a war and then and uh, uh, his princess who didn't want that so you had this political intrigue going on above meanwhile three other dwarves are down below trying to make their way through this mine for a, a sort of Wait, what re- what was the reason Because we're going to mine the books, isn't it? But even though the book the books are readily available to You could just walk Tom in the Dick door. And Harry. Yeah, yeah. You could have just walked in the other direction and probably came from it from behind. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The chances you're more you've got more chance of stumbling accidentally into those magic books than you have by finding them intentionally. But our characters were supposed to go behind the princess's back who didn't want the war and get the books. Yeah, uh, and as James said, so we had two games going at once. One was a dungeon crawl. The other one was a political political right. intrigue, but not not even really political intrigue. It's just two idiots just arguing like, with yeah. each other. To be fair, like so, we mentioned it before. The player who was your uh, rival, rival, you two had a really good dynamic, and you played them each each side very very well. But it was just arguing. Yeah, there that, was, I mean, I know that is politics, but. Yeah, but then, but then, typically, you look at Game of Thrones. It's not just them standing around arguing with each other, is it? Mm. I mean, it's them trying to get stuff done. It's backstabbing. It's subterfuge. Do you know what I mean? And the thing, the trouble was as well, is that you you two couldn't really get much done because you were literally um, at points just improvising, and then you had to make up your own detail because you couldn't do anything. Say, so, say for instance, you couldn't call upon us as your minions because we weren't. Um, mm. uh, to carry out a secret task to overthrow your thinking like, about it, rival. the only thing I actually did in that whole thing was order my butler to keep an eye on the other bloke. Yeah, uh, not only that, but we were—it uh, was also ruined by the GM because we were scared, like because you got telling off for like lowering the tone. Even yeah, though- I, even though everyone was doing it right, and I, yeah. I did. Uh, so he told me off for talking about the fact that one of the other characters had done a shit in my bed. Right now, here's the thing. Um, I did say at the time that I think that everyone was lowering the tone a little bit because ja- James off. did the thing where he went on the minecart and went wee and then we had uh, the other guy saying that he was going to a cheese mine that was fine and we had the GM himself making a shit joke later on and I think the tone got lowered he really should have been a real man right and just, just said listen guys this isn't the tone I'm going for right he should have just said it to everyone but he just waited for the next thing to happen which is something I said and then he, he, he told me off in front of everyone else real dick move and let me just tell you something guy if you if that even is your name um, if uh, at a con right games they're supposed to be fun right that's what you want you want fun if the tone if everyone else at the table is happy with a certain tone you go with it right the gm's supposed to help set the tone anyway yeah i know and if you can't if you can't do that by simply running the adventure a certain way and describing things a certain way um, then you, if you just have to tell people oh by the way this is really serious or by the way I don't want this type of joke in my game it's like come on mate I mean you could have sorry at any point you could just say oh just turn it down a bit and that's it it doesn't no one will get offended yeah, just you just be an adult. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, just like but, oh, it's like oh, that's really funny. Just turn it down a bit. But j- take take for example at that same con, right? I, I think the adventure fails on its own merits beyond the GM being a dick. But but the thing is, is that um, with ta- with the tales from the loot game, me, I'd say you and I took that in a direction the guy wasn't expecting. Mm. But he catered for it and made it part of the adventure. Well, that's the thing is he, he really really sort of lent on that and it was just like yeah, all right, cool, yep, yeah, I, I, we, I like what you're putting down. We made our characters at the table, right? James and I, uh, we um, 
basically his mum and my dad or whatever got got married so we were stepbrother and sister and we got to the point where um uh, we uh, our dad we said our dad was abusive right yeah and so when the uh, adventure became about time travel we made a point of trying to find our dad to to or find your dad or whatever to tell him not to be a dick in the future and he incorporated it as part of the adventure i'm sure it wasn't really the tone he was going for originally yeah. but he awarded our thinking our improvisation and our role play i i came up with an idea during dwarves against the apocalypse that that you know uh perhaps because of our rivalry he he my rival had left a little present in my bed as sort of revenge right yeah but it was also i swear it was like a, a quote from a film or just a general I thought it was a metaphor like, yeah and and you know it was it was one of those things was you know, I want to know when he breathes. I want to know when he takes a shit. You know that kind of stuff. I think, yeah, I, th- I know I got it from a film. But it was, yeah. it was that, it was that level of of reference where it's just like, you know, I just want, I want to know if he went at what time he blinks. And how yeah, time yeah, he yeah, exactly. It was just you an know. expression. But yeah, anyway, so. <laughs> But yeah, the adventure was was awful, absolutely awful. I mean, the the people in the mine, right? It was excessively linear, and you do you there were some. I'm struggling to think about what you even did down there, like. Um, well, the, the thing was, we there was were a bit we had be, to jump over a hole. Yeah, but we were meant to be like just going down the caves and stuff. But every choice that we made didn't really affect. What anything was happening because no. it was just like oh I jumped down it's like oh yeah well you, you know I want no I want to jump across it um, and I succeed um, because of the way the story uh, or, I loved or the system was <laughs> yeah was I love like, the oh, fact yeah. that it was like it was like um because you, you kind of had to use different skills if you wanted to level up so you would just arbitrarily you'd be like I jump across these rocks intelligently yeah, they were so stupid, man. Was well, it was system flawed? Exactly system was like flawed, that. and yeah, and the adventure was excessively linear. Not a lot really even fucking happened. I mean, in four hours, yeah, terrible. I mean, we could go on about this all day, and I would love to, but we've got we're going to do one more award, and then we're going for a break. Uh, probably a musical break. Probably have David Guetta come back on play that same song again. The next award is the Shit Farter Award, aka the award for the worst Kickstarter of the year. The nominees are Shelf File of Holding by Goodman Games, Loot Dungeon Adventures Core Rulebook and Starter Adventure, an adult role-playing game for couples by Phoenix Grey and Sky Corgan, and Two Hot One Shot by Sean didn't put the name of the publisher down. <laughs> and the winner is Firebird. Sean, I'm on the stage here, man. Yeah, for a fire, fire, Firebird. Firebird. Sorry, just um. And the winner is. Shelf file of holding by Goodman Games. Can I? Can I make a, a suggestion here? Can I make a Badman Games? Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, Goodman Games are one of my favourite companies, right? They don't do ship products. That's a fact. But now they do. Um, <laughs> yeah. uh, and so it was such a such a shame, right? Because everything I've bought from them is one of those things that I'm going to treasure, right? And then suddenly they come out with uh, a shelf file, like a file that you would put things in on a shelf. Has some Doug Kovacs artwork on it, but you're never going to see it. You're never going to see it for one. Second of all, it's a cardboard box, mate. They yeah. kickstarted a cardboard box. I don't what is the world coming to? Well, because I remember at the time when we originally spoke about this, I'd recently picked up a bunch from IKEA, and they're like a, like a, a quid or something, or a couple of quid for a pack of four. 
that fold flat and they're quite how much was this one i can't remember i I know it was more expensive than that it was way more expensive but it was also it seemed very flimsy by uh, what the images showed and yes you will not see the artwork if you're using it for its purpose like pigeonhole you've only got the small square on the front that you're going to see that's the only part part that you're going to see so it, it became pointless and fucking loads of people kickstarted it as well what's going on out there People have got too much money, man. Mm. Give me some. Well, the only thing that could have been good for, uh, because I do think that they do very good um, other products and stuff, is the road crew merchandise. I think that, that uh, would have been fine for that. I think we uh, it might have been your suggestion, James. That we think it might have been originally road crew merchandise yeah. that they then thought, oh, we've you know we need some we need a cash injection here. We're going. Mm. And uh, so for those that don't know, the road crew is like if you run public DCC games, Goodman Games will send you little bits of swag to give out, like mm. pencils, stickers, bookmarks. And depending like on how many you run a year, you get better swag and stuff, and you get you get uh, official, unofficial titles that you can give yourself at the table that you're playing the game at. So this that's this would be perfect fodder for that. Yeah, like stationery that people get that reminds them DCC exists. That's sort of the point, isn't it? Really. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, they kickstarted a cardboard box. Do you want to buy one? I bought two, but they broke when I put the DCC book on it. Too heavy. Too big. <laughs> <laughs> it didn't fit. Imagine that. Yeah. Oh, that'd be horrible. All right, let's go for a break, shall we? Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, for a little musical break in tonight's festivities, please welcome to the stage, me. for Best Artwork and the nominees are Black Hack 2nd Edition by Carl Schoenberg David Black Sean Poppy Jeff Call published by Square Hex Cyborg by Johan Noor published by Stockholm Cartel Root the Role Playing Game by Kyle Ferrin here's the artist uh, published by Magpie Games and the award goes to Root the Role Playing Game Are you? Yeah, I, uh, the artwork is, because I'm a deeply shallow person, uh, the artwork is what drew me to this game to begin with. I like cute things. It's cutesy, yeah. But it's like done in a very nice sort of fairy tale type way. Um, you really have to look at it to get, get the picture here. But yeah, it is, um, I mean, literally, get the picture. I think it's interesting that the uh, the root 
uh, RPG system was born after the board game was made. Yeah, but yeah. It, it takes place within the same universe yeah. as well, so it's pretty cool. Um, and you could use the board game to actually play out the different factions doing yeah. shit, which is pretty cool. Yeah, it's, it's quite an ingenious way to have, have made it happen, because I did a little bit of uh, digging around the root RPG, and it was uh, it's, it's cool, man. It's a really, really good game. But yeah, uh, the artwork, it definitely... There's nothing else quite like it out there. There's a lot of games where you play anthropomorphic animals, and the artwork's always shit, with the exception of maybe Mouse Guard. But, um, yeah, uh, this is this this is one that does it right. Go and check it out. Well done, Kyle Ferrin. Great fucking artwork, and uh, well-deserved. And the, award for, uh, the next award is for Worst Artwork. The nominees are Mannerism RPG uh, artist John Singer Sargent. Forward to Adventure by the RPG Pundit and Mannerism RPG by John Singer Sargent Artist. So the winner is Mannerism RPG. Woo! So my first question is, did he get the art from Google Images? I thought that. But yeah, I think he actually did do the art. Unless he just... Because it looks like... Well, no, it's written in the book. It says... I'm pretty sure it says... Um, Oh, what's that thing? Creative Commons, courtesy of Creative Commons artwork by um, John Stinger Sargent. So he just he did pluck it. So he just downloaded it. I think yeah. Thing is, the artwork is technically quite all right, but it look but it really looks like Creative Commons artwork that he's downloaded. The, so the thing that um, it's uh, completely unevocative to what the game is actually about. I, it just thing, yeah. And like the thing that I didn't like is how the little cards that you got because you have cards that have things on them to help you play the game because it's so needlessly complicated to um, do one thing it's it the bit, the bit that i really didn't like was it, it was the cards were pink and blue but every one uh looked like someone had colored them in with a pen yeah so not only are the play aids like bad artwork but then the artwork inside is really un- unevocative old sort of it looks like paintings of venice or something doesn't yeah. it yeah, and it's all it kind of watermarked across the whole book it's really distracting terrible terrible artwork uh doesn't belong in an rpg book belongs i would say sort of on a on the wall of like a nice parisian cafe maybe but yeah. but my god is it it, you know, look, if you've felt like painted the toilet and you need like a new picture, this is what I'd. Imagine. That's what you put in there just to fill some space on a wall. Nobody's really going to pay pay any attention to it, but it is that hole from where you you know you tried to put up a, a, a toilet roll thing. You got to cover it up. Get this, strap it to your wall. You're going to have a good time. I will say we've got a, we we do need to just bring up the Afford to Adventure RPG pundit. Oh, we got to talk way. about that. Because it's mental it, how bad it is. I just I mean it's all it's all like <laughs> clip art. Yeah, it looks like a it, that forward to adventure. It really looks like it. I mean, it looks like a sort of nineties Geo Cities website. Yeah, doesn't and it? Was it's like it's weird. Paste, stretched, pixelated. <laughs> it, was, it was pretty nasty. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, if if if, if t- in mannerism didn't get two nominations, that would be the winner, like a hundred percent. I mean, it's really bad, but yeah, mannerism RPG. It's just, I, I get it, right? I get it. Artwork is expensive. Right, and he for some reason felt the need to publish his terrible RPG, and it needs some artwork in there. But there are plenty of better ways to go about it because you you can buy cheap um, artwork for use with products in RPGs um, with a license, you know, in that on Drive Through RPG. 
and there are definitely that. better ones than this. It does mean that you sometimes see uh, the same artwork crop up in different books, but it'll be better than this. I and mean, also, fucking hell. Have, I personally think that um, part of the reason this one the worst for the artwork is also the book layout because the the book artwork kind of destroyed it whereas you could have had um just a border around some of the pages a nice subtle border or some pages but he's got these absolutely big... nothing on it would be nice yeah but he's got these big artworks that like take up half a page so if you imagine like a lot of times in the management books it's like a column two two columns on a page one column is entirely artwork so you've just got a weird like the layout is really weird because it's got like a column of text next to a column of a sort of half a picture it's bizarre really bizarre terrible artwork terrible book and the next award is for industry cool guy of the year award and the nominees are dave arneson from tsr David Gallico from uh, uh, who's basically a GM uh, and various cons, and for some reason Sean nominated me and James, which is very nice of you. But uh, the winner is Dave Arneson. I think when we uh, it was discovered this year that Dave Arneson had wrote pleading letters to Wizards of the Coast to be part of D&D again after the corporate machine had really shoved him out of the game he helped create. Mm. And I think when we when we uh, did the digging for this episode uh, for that episode I was really just I was actually just putting it in the news and the more I read I was like actually first off it makes Gygax's contribution he basically was the business side of things and he basically took Arneson's ideas and ran with them and it seems like Dave Arneson really was the brains behind everything but did not have a business bone in his body but he knew how to make fun games he knew how to make great products and really his contribution to D&D is probably the largest of anyone in the history of the thing I think Gary Gygax is the face of it but um, he he took the credit for someone else's hard work which is uh, a classic sad trope in this industry and many others exactly um, yeah Dave Arneson uh, sadly R.I.P so consider this to be your uh, uh, if you're listening Dave uh, to be your sort of uh, lifetime contribution award what, what is it called lifetime achievement whatever but yeah, basically, uh, he came. He came up with all the best ideas, and basically everything that we know as D and D today came out from him. And if you don't believe us, go listen to the sad history of Dave Arneson episode because you're talking there about how you know he took wargaming format and used it to make a an open world where players only played one character. He really, um, yeah, he's an amazing guy and really deserving of this award in 2022, long after he's been dead. Yeah, well, better late than never. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Fine. <laughs> Listen, this is you're finally you getting it. the recognition you deserve. He's going to be in an episode of Future Armor any minute now. I know it. I think it's, uh, it's up to us to tell the people how history really went down. In, <laughs> you know, instead of you're going to start talking about 9/11 again. This <clears throat> um, well, is up to us. I've got my YouTube channel, right? Conspiracy theory. Dave yeah. Arneson was he even real? Have you seen Alien? Exactly, um, but yeah, he's, uh, I think it is. Is it was, it was? Yeah, it was good of us to highlight this. Well done, us. Well done, us. So really, we win. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> and the next award is for industry douche of the year. And uh, just don't laugh. And the awards uh, and the nominees are Q 
from a game shop that doesn't exist, who also doesn't exist, for murdering her husband. Uh, that guy who sent my wife porn of himself. And Guy McDonald. And the winner is that guy who sent porn to my wife. Now listen, mate, I like you, all right, but come on. The thing is, I, I think it's, it's more so that. It's, it's quite a funny um, story now, if you look back at it. But uh, I was never really that offended, but it is a deeply strange thing to do. And I, I think that it's sort of... It's funny because playing these games you meet a very weird mix of people oh yeah for the most part they're they're all extremely nice but weird people right and in this particular case you know this guy's very very usually a very very nice bloke but then this thing happened it was just deeply strange and i didn't know what to do essentially for those that don't know uh it was a player i've played with a couple of times before uh um and he started making some audio porn Right to make a little bit of extra cash. Nothing wrong with that. He's celebrating his beautiful body, you know. Uh, he's celebrating, you know, hashtag girl power. But um, yeah, I mean, it just all came to a head when he sent sent my wife some links to it, saying, "Hey, listen, I reckon you'll be into this if you need some fat material." There you go. And I was like, I don't know if I should. Uh, it really, really was difficult, like trying to decide whether or not I should be annoyed about it. But uh, instead, what we did, we did any any mature person would do, and brought it up on a podcast and talked about <laughs> it, um, rather than confronting it directly on. But I don't know. I, I, he was a. To be fair, I did subsequently meet up with him, and he was a very very nice about it. I, I just think what it was was that he didn't know what he was doing at the time was wrong. Now, you can, you may ask the question, how the hell did you not know that was a weird thing to do? But, uh, yeah, fuck knows. I mean, it just, like we say, we meet, you meet a lot of strange people in this hobby, and I guess there are, uh, we, you meet a lot of people that have, uh, for example, if you go to any con, they don't even know to wash, for example. Mm. They don't even know that you shouldn't smell like a foot when you hang out with other people. Um, and this guy just didn't know that that was a weird thing to do. So there we go. But uh, that's for you, man. Enjoy this award. Enjoy the award. Thanks. I mean, it wasn't me. <laughs> right. Well, we've circled around it enough. It was James. All right. Oh. I'm sick. I am sick to death of you sending porn to everyone. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> No one will take our prized lemons from us. Hey, has it been about ten seconds since we looked at our lemon tree? It has been about ten seconds since we looked at our lemon tree. <gasps> hey! Hey, what the fuck? Alright, the next award is the People's Choice Award. Now I'm not gonna I'm not gonna do a big announcement for this one, but uh, this is essentially on the on the 3T RPG Discord, uh, which is in the in the links here. We had a lot of um, runners up this year and i've got to be honest i'm not really that happy about this uh, people's choice award because it was a very weird one essentially what it is is people can nominate anything they want from the industry and you uh, other people can vote on it uh, and the one that gets the most votes is going to win the people's choice award mm. now let's talk about some of the runners up before we get to the main one uh, cyberpunk edge runners have you, have you seen that it's an anime based on the tabletop role-playing I've, game i've heard it's quite good I watched a bit of it. It looks quite good. Yeah, I've heard it's quite good. It is on my list. I just haven't uh, given it the time of day. But yeah, CJ nominated that for best adaptation of a tabletop game into an anime, which is quite specific because I don't think there have been many others. There's the Critical Role one, but that's Critical Role, not D&D. &D. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, well, that, that certainly wins that category. Uh, Holler for Savage Worlds for best vaporware, somebody nominated. Now, vaporware, that is like 
Does it, hang on. That means like something that is basically nothing, isn't it? Vaporware. Meaning. Software or hardware that has been advertised but is not yet available to buy. Oh, okay. <laughs> I thought it was out, you know. That's brilliant. I thought it was out, but apparently not, yeah. So, Holler, that's a... Um, it's, it's not... Uh, well, it's a horror game, or Holler game, <laughs> set in the Appalachian Mountains. A bit like... Uh, is it uh, Eyes Wide Shut? Uh, Jeepers Creepers? Things like that. Great oh, yeah. films. Yeah. Um yeah, so best vaporware. Um, somebody nominated the Zordon Dice Tower for being excessively shit. Uh, so, but Power Rangers RPG, you can get this. I think very cool dice tower that looks like Zordon. It's got face on it. Hey, that face is cool, man. It is cool. Um, but the trouble is, it is sixty pounds. Oh, you know, you can fuck off for man. one dice tower that essentially, you. I mean, if it was a toy in a shop, you'd get it for about a tenner, right? Yeah, it's very cheaply made, but it looks cool. Yeah, I like the look of it, but I can see why this person nominated it because it is way too expensive for what it is. <coughs> and the Power Rangers RPG, I guess, is appealing to idiots with more money than sense. So yeah, it makes sense. Um, somebody also nominated the Morkborg GM screen, and I was I, I I can imagine it's probably quite nice, but I don't know what's different about it that makes it so good. Well, isn't it one of those GM screens? Oh, people's choice. Oh, because it'll be the artwork. Yeah, it must be. It must be something like that. Um, I actually nearly bought... I, I came dangerously close to buying this, but um, I don't know what's so good about it. It's got five panels. It's got a portrait of a wall of death. Uh, yeah, pretty cool. So those are the runners-up. The winner, uh, rather annoyingly, is uh, just a bloke from our Discord called Dr. Mumson. He's won... You know, good for you, mate, but uh, I feel like you've made a mockery of these awards, to tell you the truth. Why the fuck did he win? Oh, uh, he he won for Dankest Meme Lord because he does a lot of memes on there. Did he do the Greg meme then? No, that was Ace. See, I think Ace should win because he did the Greg meme, but, you know, it's people's choice. It's not our choice. Um, fucking, so he does a lot of AI-generated art on our Discord server. Mm. So much that I actually had to create a channel just for him to do that in because it was becoming annoying. So I don't really feel he deserves this award. <laughs> but everyone else seems to think he does. Uh, listen, Mumson, I like you, man, but... Uh, uh, Dankis Meme Lord? I, I think the fact that you've had to create a whole new thing for him, that... that that's He's affected our lives in quite a... Yeah, so maybe contain he's... the dankness. To, yeah, he's... He, he's a, but he's a man that cannot con be contained. So yeah, you win the People's Choice Award. Just a bloke from a Discord server. There you go, mate. Well done. Or a woman. But let's be honest, bloke. <laughs> uh, right. My name's Alan Rickman. And... I'm Jim. No, my name's also Alan Rickman. No, I'm. I'm. No, I'm the real Alan Rickman. No, wait. Well, that is it for the awards. Uh, a lot of great awards this year. I feel like Guy McDonald's really done well for himself. And actually, um, let's have a little chat before we uh, before we wrap this up. And a lot of people on our Discord were saying that it's been a bit of a slow year for RPGs. No way. No way. What What do you mean? Because you discovered Savage Pathfinder. Uh, well, Savage Pathfinder, you had Alien, you had Root, you had. Um... Yeah, but that's what we had. No, but that, that, no, I think no, I think the Root came out this year as well. I think Alien might have done. Probably not though. I reckon. I don't know. Tail James is looking it up. Tail end of twenty twenty one. For us, I think we've had a very very fun year of doing stuff. I mean, on the podcast. The, what what I think the year was lacking this year in RPGs was that you didn't have many good new games coming out. I feel like most of my purchases this year have been on accessories or 
uh, new versions of old games. Do you know what I mean? It feels like uh, the industry is making plans for next year. It might be, and I hate to mention this, but it might be a follow-on from COVID, where like a lot of stuff during that time probably got released during covid but the actual after effects we're only seeing now do you know what i mean it could be mm. could be something like that but i don't fucking know i think for us i think we've had a really really great year and played a lot of great stuff but there hasn't been like you look at some each year on this podcast often a couple of new things will come out that we'll review and that hasn't really happened this year but then we did have some good topics such as uh dave arneson thing came out this year um his crazy letters um, we had the mannerism review, so that was pretty good. Uh, turns out it actually is out. Um, yeah, Phoenix Command, but there weren't many like big flagship new games that came out. I think that's why people are perceiving it as being a slow year. But fuck, we we had a great time because New Deadlands yeah. came out as well. We enjoyed that. that yeah, yeah I think um, product. It was definitely a lot of stuff that we had happened to us because Alien RPG came out in 2019. Ah, oh, oh, mate, no. fucking three years ago. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so maybe it was just it was a good year for us, but uh, I can see I, I can see where people are coming from because there was there were not many things that I got turbo excited. I was like, oh my god, look at this new game! Do you know what I mean? And that usually probably happens about once a month for me, but this year it really wasn't the case. Um, to be fair, like Savage Pathfinder is one of the best products ever, and also Root is probably one of the best as well. To be fair, yeah, I'm really but happy. I think with it's that. really nice um, the Root uh, the role playing game version of it because it's yeah it it looks like <clears throat> Pardon me. It looks like the board game had a really good following. That I saw an old uh, couple forum posts where someone was just like, "Hey, how about you just uh, give me the money and I'll turn it into an RPG?" So a lot of people were really asking for it. Well, because the setting happen. is so is so good. I'm away from my mic, but it's because the setting is so good and like the the thing is in the board game it's all about these you know woodland factions that are uh, at war or or politically trying to get more space and territory in the woods and the way that the game works is that you kind of at the beginning you get a clearing map and you actually roll and fill out where all the different factions are what's going on with them at that time and it's a really unique way of doing a setting and I, I absolutely love it I'm so glad that it was good because I really really did just buy it on the it strength was, of the yeah. artwork <laughs> it was an uh, impulse buy wasn't it it was and I, I'm very very happy I did it it's, although the guy that sold it to me did call me mate several times and he was American <laughs> which really got on my nerves but I don't think that's the, I don't think that's the fault of the RPG is it no listen mate be. Uh, there's also uh, the video game, which is actually quite similar to both products. If you, it's, it's basically the board game, but you can play on a phone or a Switch or PS4 or Steam. The only thing is, I don't think the artwork really translates over. I don't, I don't, I hate the way the game looks. It's bad, but it, yeah, it's annoying. But as we've discussed, I am very shallow indeed. But also, another you know hot topic, brand new game that isn't from 2016. We're playing MCC soon as well, so yes, that'll be uh, that'll be our next thing. That's 2019 as well, isn't it? No, I just said it was 2016, but I'm probably wrong about that. When did that come out, James? Well, MCC. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what happened? <laughs> I was about. I was taking a sip of my drink and I was about to cough. And I just spat it all over myself. I made quite, I made quite the noise there. Oh, mate. Oh, this is annoying. But we looked at our listenership. It's gone up 7% this year. So that's nice. That's a bit weird. Hello to the new guys. That's a good year. Why is that weird? 
Because like because this not, isn't we're very not good. All that. <laughs> no, we're really not. No, we're sick. And yet, we're sick. Sure, but Nick left the podcast. Jo- Sean, you joined. Yeah, yeah, man. I'm I'm here. United. That's that's got right to the year somehow, isn't it? But what campaigns did we play this year? And which one's the best one? <sighs> oh, Deadlands. Deadlands, pretty good. Root, very good. Very good games. Um, there was another one. I think. Oh, I can't remember, but I'm, I think it was shit. Um, yeah. Oh. Sorry, MCC was um, 2017. But yeah, <laughs> here's to another year in gaming. I mean, uh, um, I every- so, so what was the other game we played? So uh, I think it was like Pavage, Pavage Starfinder. No, it was yeah. um, no, you guys are Starfinder, Starfinder. That was oh, it. Starfinder. Yeah, <laughs> but we're wrapping up. Winter Eternal, Starfinder. That's it. That's the one. You guys are jerks. We are, <laughs> but we're wrapping up as well next week gonna end everything's ending oh shit man so we've so sean does uh, traditionally has done for a number of years now a christmas rpg so a uh, christmas themed something one shot and then he invites um uh everyone from our extended sort of friend circle yeah so quite a number of people however this time around the only people that have said yes to attending which is next friday is our current gaming group yep therefore we have the privilege of um, doing a two-session-in-one uh, ending. Uh, yeah, so we've got... The, the the next one is the end game part one, and then obviously, we, Sean reckons we've got one session left, so we're we'll wrapping it up. Sessions. Yeah, we'll have two, because we've got the session this uh, week coming up, and then... Um. And then wait a second, is that all? Yeah, no, no, is it's that all th- next week. Yes, yeah, Thursday Shit. and Friday. It's going to be amazing. My, my uh, weeks in my head just got all muddled. Oh my god! I can't wait. Oh, I can't man. wait. So yeah, we'll just get two days in a row, um, a full session, and so we're going to veto the uh, the Christmas RPG special this year and because... just uh, just finish our campaign. So boff boff. Oh, so then next, and then after that, we'll you. start up some MCC, which is I don't know if it's going to be good. I hope it is. I think we, it will. You put a lot of effort into terrain, which is ba- pretty awesome. Yeah, just based on the terrain, I think. Yeah. And your knowledge of the system. I'm try. I'm going to try. I, the only thing is, is that as I said, like before, around the Deadlands campaign, it's like we, the way our playing campaigns has had to change, owing to the fact that my son now exists uh, selfishly, and uh, so it's it's kind of like. The way I'm going to be running it is more of a uh, free-form player-led thing where you can yeah, take missions that, and though. do... Yeah, so it should, should be good. I mean, I, t- I started it really with the black hack but uh, that Nick asked me to run and then never turned up for. And um, I I started doing a game like that where it's like a free-roaming open-world thing and, and I really liked the feel of it. So I'm going to bring back the old notice board thing. Uh, so your tribe is going to have a notice board in it. Um, yeah, so should be good. Should be really good. I'm, I'm really excited about that. But the only thing is, is that I will say, because of you know my prep being hampered somewhat, uh, I am literally... You know every time where it comes up to Sean's turn to run a campaign? Mm. And we're like, Sean, you ready to run next week? And he's like, oh, can I have like a couple more weeks, guys? Like, Do you want to play some Smash Brothers next week? Um, I'm sort of in that position right now. <laughs> I know I've been... Because in the campaign, I've been trying to urge us to get to the end of it, right? And it's not because I want to then bounce off to, to, to MCC, but it's because my character keeps fucking dying. And I'm really worried that if we... Uh, like, uh, currently, right, we, we're about to 
do the last mission, face the final boss. And we've currently got a tree ant called Trent on our team. We've currently got King Kong in a Pokeball. Uh, we've currently got a <laughs> summon of your character's mum for an, another universe with a bunch of guns. Yeah, cyborg mum. And we've got yeah. two resurrection potions. And I don't, I don't want to waste any of that on a side quest. I think you guys are going to need to buy and sell before you go on this. Oh, we're doing that, obviously. Yeah, we're doing that. And we're going to go back and get some corn as well. But... Yeah, I think I've 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 had a fucking blast with RPGs this year. Um, it's just I feel like the industry hasn't been as exciting as it usually is. Well, to be That's fair, it. I know like uh, there's not many cons that we've attended, but UKGE was pretty awesome. And then you do you two do Dragon Meat. Dragon Meat oh, was God, probably the best year. Of Dragon the thing Meat. is, it's weird and though. UK Games Expo was just yeah, it was off it was the about hook. It. But Dragon Meat was so fucking good. Yeah. But the thing is, um, I always feel like because now we're gonna make Dragon Meat a regular thing. We're going each year, right? And I feel like Dragon Meat, it's sort of, that's what makes me feel Christmassy at this point. Because, do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I don't really feel, I'm not feeling it this year, but when you get to that and it's like, you've got that biting cold, but you go back into the warm and play an RPG. Do you know what I mean? It's just fucking great. You can't I agree, be yeah, I totally agree, man. It, like, that was literally me feeling Christmas after Dragon Meat, you know? Yeah. yeah. Or Hanukkah. Yeah, or Kwanzaa. Nobody really celebrates Kwanzaa. <clears throat> right. Well, anyway, thank you to the listeners for another great year. Uh, I just want to say Christmas really is the time of giving, isn't it? Yeah. So um, give in and your cash. I'm not going to bury this in the outro for once. I will say this. Uh, thank you very much for all the listeners and for all your support. Thank you very much for uh, to all of those on the Discord that, that you know get involved and nominate a bloke for our discord for the for an award i'll say sorry about the discord i'll try and be more active next year yeah you definitely should you get to see a lot of ai generated art as long as it's got um boobs and bum holes i'm fine with it uh, boobs and bum holes <laughs> yeah. uh the new rpg coming to a town near you but also yeah if uh, i will say this i'd very rarely go on about advertising or anything is whatsoever but if you have enjoyed the show this year Share it with your favourite episodes with your mates, right? And tell them to listen. And if they don't listen, beat them savagely, innit? Yeah, really badly. But also, yeah, donate on Patreon because, you know, I need it. The heating bills are going up, mate. And uh, if you don't, uh, I might die. Pretty much. Then where? <laughs> 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 then where? You, then where's your show going to be? Exactly. Um, Sean, thank you for coming on to the podcast and no, joining us. Thank you. I, I mean, hope you've enjoyed it. Um, very much. Because it's, it's over. A, it's been a good run. <laughs> <laughs> you tried your best it hasn't worked out alright cool I'll get my hat and coat um, no but um, thanks for having me on uh, that's why I um, uh, nominated you guys for industri- industry cool guy of the year award actually that's fair yeah yeah. alright see because we really see, you know the point when it gets brought up that's where you sort of tell us why yeah and you wait till now yeah, but like, you what's the voice going you guys on? What do you the, want? And also, do you remember? Uh, I know we're supposed to be going right now, right? But also, do you remember that Sean? First of all, he nominated the Big Book of Battle Maps for best product, and I was like, really? Like, look, they're good, right? Absolutely. They're good maps. Good. But is that really the best product you've used all year? <laughs> is a map? It was part, it was Pathfinder, but you know. Uh, in the end, yeah. In the end, it was Pathfinder. After I mentioned to you that nominating a book of battle maps really is it's not the best thing you've used this great, year, is it? It's a great product. It's it's changed things. It's changed the game. I think it's changed the way you see life. Really, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. basically. Two D. Yeah. I mean, you bought me that one tiny book, and now I didn't actually. They sent that to me because they're cool guys. Oh, okay. All right, well, thank you, listeners. Don't forget to share the show. Donate on Patreon, because Jones needs a new uh, pair of shoes. Yeah. 
and Sean needs to get a, a, a pub lunch. <laughs> he needs to get a life. Right. Uh, I need a life and also a spoon's meal. All right, I've been Harrison Hunt. I've been James Clark. And I've been Sean Hunt. And remember that D20s are cool, but 20, 20Ds, now that's a good time. Merry Christmas. Merry <laughs> Happy New Year. <laughs> come back in the room we're supposed to end the podcast there but she said don't you think we should thank nick for all of his contributions I think we already thank did. you nick for all of your contributions Yeah.